Hey everyone, and welcome to part one of our two-part Cyber Monday special. Cyber Monday, Monday, Monday. Uh, this episode is going to be about Beartooth, the Blackbird Session EP. So let's get into it. Should I hide it? Should I fight it? Should I roll over and die? Guys, welcome to Off the Beaten Cliff. I don't know what episode this is, but this is. Uh, <laughs> we've already uh, lost track of what episode. Yeah, it, is. it doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, it's a number. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this episode is about Beartooth, the Blackbird Sessions EP. It was released on September thirteenth, two thousand nineteen. So it is the most recent one we've recent uh, released from music that we. Yeah. Done. Wait, uh, when was it? Uh, September 13th. Yeah, it's the most recent. Yeah, because the next one is in July of last year. So two two real recent ones. It's a good switch up from doing, you know, 90s emo folk that I started with. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of nice to not have so much stuff to look up. Like mm-hmm. this is more just like us focusing on the music. Yeah, sure. Um, this EP is a reimagining of four songs from their 2018 album Disease. Beartooth is described on Google as a hardcore punk band. Yeah, you tricked me. Uh, they're from Columbus, Ohio, which is pretty cool because we're both from the Cincinnati area. And the lead singer, Caleb Shomo, started Beartooth in 2012 after he was in a metalcore band called Attack Attack. Uh, who I've heard Attack Attack, too. So I'm going to have us do one of their... That's fine. It's uh, not great. <laughs> I loved it in high school. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> but he was in Attack Attack from 2008 to 2012. Um, so this is not a metalcore album no. or an EP. This no. is a like stripped-down version of uh, all these songs that have a completely different like momentum to them. The lyrical content is still the same, but I think it strikes a little bit different yeah. when it is slowed down to the folky southern... Um, elements that it has the songs are arranged and uh, enhanced with lap steel violins and a female vocalist who yeah. crushes it kills it um so yeah that was really all the info i had before we went into it just because if you're Beartooth and you're expecting like oh shit they're gonna talk about Beartooth, it's gonna be kick ass <laughs> yeah. this was not that negative and, yeah it is not that for sure because i was I, I when you told me Beartooth, i was like i know that name and then i pop this this album on on my drive home like this is i know this isn't bear tooth that i so i turned on and went and searched for another album and i got that that metalcore stuff and i was like oh, okay all right dylan's flipping the script on me a little bit <laughs> play played a little jokey joke yeah. um but yeah no this is a, the word session in an album title is very evocative there's a lot of a lot of people have done session albums quote unquote the one that I think of all the time, which is like the gold standard for me, is the Bruce Springsteen Seeger Sessions. If you haven't listened to that, it sounds almost it sounds really similar to this. And there's a whole lot of lore around that, where basically Bruce Springsteen just locked all these musicians in a log cabin and didn't let them leave until this album was recorded. And it's a long album; it's like I don't know, thirteen, fourteen songs. And there's a ton of musicians. I mean, it's basically Conan O'Brien's band is in this is on this album, plus the, you know the E Street Band. Mm-hmm. And 
it's a great album and it, this it's got a lot of those kind of like mountain country southern vibes to it it's got a lot of violin or slash slash fiddle in it so it reminded me very much of, it's very different like the seeger sessions are like about they're like sea shanties and like just straight up like folk songs yeah they're not reimagining of other bruce springsteen songs uh, but it's 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 got a very similar uh timbre to it i guess i don't know if that's the right word but i'm gonna use it so it works for me look it up if i'm wrong i don't care um but yeah, it's cool. It's cool to hear stripped down versions of it's it's a it's a big risk doing this for a band because you have an established fan base, and I I think this is a well liked album that the original one, mm-hmm. and so to take those and to do something so drastically different, you you risk alienating a lot of your fan base and really kind of turning a lot of people off. So I you know I applaud them for the courage, and I, I but we'll talk about it as we go through it. But I think it's something that. Uh, Caleb needed to do and I think it's it's interesting the way he approached it so yeah and there's um, I don't know if we mentioned this yet but there's like a little 20 minute documentary it was almost just like one long video documentary of them because they didn't do many takes of this it was kind of just like they talked about it they rehearsed and then they just went for it and there's like some interviews and stuff in between songs and it's just like a really cool 20 minute documentary yeah, it's cool to see because it's it's recorded, you know, when again, session is evocative for the fact that they did an old school style and they were all in the same room recording the track at once. It wasn't like they laid down a guitar track and then they laid down the drum, they laid down the drums, they laid down the guitar, they laid down bass and then the leads the vocalist comes in and does lays the vocals on top of that track. They did it all at once, which is really cool and that's, you know, an old school way of recording and I think it lends itself to a sound like this. Yeah, and there's I feel like there's a lot more emotion and yeah. like momentum to it oh yeah because it's like a live performance but it's private with your buddies that you wrote these songs with so you can you can feel the music a little bit differently i I assume i've never recorded an album before but what's what's different um for him with this is with Beartooth, he records all instruments all vocals he does it all himself oh really So he has like people that tour with him and like people that are in the band but when it comes to making the album he makes it all himself interesting um so was that your opening thoughts uh yes that was my opening thoughts okay um this is like a huge departure like we've been talking about uh and i was pleasantly surprised when i heard this last year it was just like kind of as summer's ending it was like you kind of want a little bit twang your music and at least uh for myself and it just had a way of making the words and the lyrics connect in a way that i don't think the other songs did like after all i think was one that i really paid attention to but I listen to Beartooth when I work out, so like I'm not thinking like listening to the words yeah, sure. clever, and you know I just like how um, his songs just like have this the synchron synchronization inside of their songs is just like it it always crushes. I don't know how he does it. He just does a really good job of just like like uh, using pauses and like taking out uh, instruments for a second just to really drive his point home. And I really like the country folk vibe, and I never really expected that from him, just because he's from Columbus, Ohio. Like <laughs> that's not like a country music empire, or yeah, it's not. It's not in, Nashville. Like, yeah, he's not a part of like a. He was in metalcore and like uh, punk core, whatever. You, anything core you, that you just really <laughs> wouldn't expect it. Um, and the harmonies and the strings really evoke emotion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just. Since the moment I heard it, I was like, holy shit, I really needed this. You know? Yeah. So. 
That's that's uh, when you texted me about this. Well, I don't know, like a week ago or so, and mm-hmm. we were talking about it. You like when I heard this, it gutted me. And when I th- when you said that, I thought like, oh no, he was disappointed because they did they. I, you you were the fan that was jaded by this reprisal stuff, but no, it turns out it was just an emotional trip that you needed, which is cool. I was glad to figure hear that when we started talking about it again. Um, but yeah, this is a really I, I can't judge it based on. I think it's cool that I haven't heard disease. Yeah. So I can judge it strictly on the lyrical content and the musical content that I hear from this album. And for me, this this is a cool, like, again, I love session albums because they have a different vibe to them. And mm-hmm. this this is no different. I think those harmonized vocals really, they're so fucking good throughout the entire album. And it really sets it up well that I don't know who the female vocalist's name, but man, she crushes yeah. those vocals on this entire album. Uh, and th- this is a song about depression. All the songs on this album are <laughs> yeah. about depression. But the tone musically of this album, or this this song specifically, feels more like somebody that's come out of a depression. Mm-hmm. It's got more. It's not joyful, but it's hopeful. Yeah. Like, and, and the lyrics are not hopeful, but the musical content is hopeful, and I think that's a really cool dichotomy in the all of the songs on this album. You know, I could repeat myself for the next three songs on this album, and it. It's just really cool. I think arranging the song in the way that he did, you can tell he really thought about the the emotional weight he wanted to have in the song. So, yeah. I'll let you go first with "After All" if you'd like. I thought we were doing "After oh, All." Oh shit! Oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those are my thoughts on "After okay, All." Okay, sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was the song I was most intimate with beforehand, just because I loved the way it sounded on uh, "Disease," and like you said, the synchronized parts of the song. Fuck, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way <laughs> yeah. to put it. <laughs> um, the way all the instruments cut out, and I guess I'm just human after, and then everyone comes back in. Oh, yeah. It's just like, man, that's so that's so clever because these are songs that already existed. Yeah. So like to like think about how it's going to sound with a lap guitar and mm-hmm. like uh, steel steel instruments and violins like that's just a very clever way to do it yeah this is what um mumford and son's third album should have sounded like instead of like another Coldplay album because <laughs> now mumford and son's blows dick yeah but yeah because this is very kind of in that vein if you will it's, but yeah i know i totally agree with the you know the music drop and then coming back in with that kind of rush of vocals is really cool because mm. they have, there's a lot of really, really tight vocal control on this album and it's, oh man, it's so, so pleasing. Yeah. And it's just cool that he has the range for this kind of music mm-hmm. can go to metal and he also screams. So like just, it, he's an impressive dude. Um, the song just kind of struggles with like, why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. And just like, he's been in bands and he's been told he's great for so long and just finding out that you're human after all is kind of a shitty thing to, to wake up and realize. And I really like that. I just got fixed. I'm already breaking down. Yeah. I'm like, damn, feel that. Yeah. (laughs) Just fix my, it's like, like a car. Like once one thing starts breaking down, then everything starts breaking out and you kind of feel the same way about yourself sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I go through ruts like that where it's like, as soon as something starts going good, like something else kind of falls off and it just, I think a lot of people get stuck in that same kind of rut where they're not necessarily like suicidal or whatever, but it's just like, fuck, when am I going to, you know, when am I going to get a win? When, when is it my turn? And I think that's uh, that's super relatable. Yeah. So second song, you never know. I freaking love the intro to this. Um, it's kind of got the same, 
it's definitely the uh, the most different of the songs mm-hmm. when it comes to the album uh, on disease and then going into the EP. Uh, the violin solo before the second chorus or before the last chorus is killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who they got to do all the instruments, but I love the violin solo. And then uh, all the instruments cut out again, and they kind of har- all harmonize into "I never felt so close to giving up on hope." Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just another song about <laughs> not having hope, but like it just says it in a way that like it makes you feel less alone mm-hmm. about it. So like when you do have those days where you're just like can't get through it just listening to something like this can really make you not feel like you're the only like what why the fuck am i not happy yeah it's just nice to know someone out there as talented and popular as he is is going through it too yeah and you know success doesn't always lead to happiness right Uh, so but yeah I, i wrote this song is it's about the weight of depression like you know you you never know until you know until you get until you've gone through it or until you get through it. There's no way you can know, and I love that that kind of that message because as somebody who's struggled with depression before and has tried to help other people through that same thing, mm-hmm. I can I can I can come at it from a unique perspective. It's like I I know what you're going through. I've been there, and so I know how hollow some advice can feel from somebody that's never been through it feels sometimes. And so I think that's what this message is, and I. Mm-hmm think the way it's produced like produced to the listener in a musical way if again as musically lad the last track sounded like somebody who had overcome this feels like somebody who's in the throes of depression there's a there's a much heavier weight to the way this is uh uh, produced not produced because it's all like the same production value but the way it's uh arranged i should say uh I, I love the refrain of you never know until you know, no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it, so sweet. It's so good. And again, the harmonies, the harmonies, the harmonies, man. I love harmonized vocals more than just about anything. Anything harmonized. Uh, Thin Lizzy is one of my favorite bands of all time because they do harmonized guitars. And man, it's so fucking cool to have like a guitar solo that's harmonized. And there's like, ugh, ugh. I could go on harmonies all day. <laughs> but it's just one of the best things in music. Uh but yeah, it's it's a good it's a really cool way they do those dips and they rise back into the kind of this like haunting almost like it's almost ghoul like is in the way it sounds where it's like ooh it's like a, it's a very smooth kind of roll harmony and it's it's oh man it's so pleasing to listen to. But that is in contrast to the lyrical content which is, you know, your your typical not typical but a lot that's a lot of the stuff you hear in metalcore and you know stuff like that where it's about depression and it's about how this person's going through it and it's it's a weighty topic so to have that kind of like interesting countrified it's like country fried you know metalcore yeah <laughs> perfect <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we could finally slap a Cut, category cut. to it you know you got your your country fried steak you got your chicken fried steak and you got your chicken fried metal core that's what this album is thank god we need more of it though <laughs> yeah i know i love it uh do you want to hop into disease are you you can do disease okay i really just want to clever so and, yeah no i figured yeah clever is the mo- the thing one i had the most to say about as well so yeah. um since it's your album i'll let you have it Dill. appreciate it yeah no problem but uh this again, this track dives even deeper into Caleb's depression uh, to the point where he talks about suicide as a solution. Um, and through a lot of the song, we before this we haven't really seen the suicidal tendencies 
as much on the last two tracks. I mean, I don't, again, I don't know the rest of their catalog. I mean, it might be something he's toyed with before, not toyed with, but like mentioned before in other tracks, but it's the first time we see it on this particular EP. Um, but again, there's more of a triumphant like tone to this song and it feels like he, he, he's talking about it, but he's, it, the tone of the music makes it feel like he's saying one thing with his words, but then he's saying another thing with the tone of the, the arrangement. Yeah, it's almost like he's talking about it in the past tense. Like yes. It's what he's already gotten. The over. lyrics are in the present tense, but his soul and the soul of the music is in the past tense where he's kind of overcome those thoughts. And it, it just, it's really, really cool. I, it, it really struck me as I was listening to this entire EP where the vocalist is saying one thing, but the musical arrangement is saying something a little bit different. And it's just, man, it, what, a, what a smart interesting arrangement in all this entire album. Uh, again, I haven't listened to the other songs, but I imagine they, they sound much different. I oh, imagine yeah. they're, they're much more in the present and they're much, the music and the lyrics are much more attached as far as their message where here it's kind of detached. And I think it, it works in a really cool way because the music is so prevalent in the, not that the vocal, you not that the vocals fall to the background, but the, there's so many instruments that you, you're forced to listen to the music. So that's kind of the overriding tone. It kind of overrides the lyrical content a little bit. Yeah. As far as tone, not necessarily message, but tone, that's right. the, the tone overrides it with the music. Mm-hmm. I think the, the lap steel goes really hard in this. Yeah. Song. Yeah, it does. Um, I'd heard, I'd heard like parts of it in other songs, but I feel like in each song they were like, Hey, the violin, you're, you get a yeah. solo at the end of uh, you never know, but disease, the lap, the lap uh, steel gets gets to go in this one, and I just think it was a really cool way of like letting each of them kind of show their strengths. <clears throat> the instrumental after the second chorus uh, could play on repeat for the rest of my life, and then it comes back in with the whoa, yeah, yeah, it's just like whoa, whoa, whoa's could be overdone and done so <laughs> yeah. poorly, but like when when he does it in his songs, it like. It just, I don't know. It brings levity, I guess is the best way to put it. But like, yeah. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, Name I that think, song. Well, there's, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right where it can be overdone if it's done incorrectly. But if it's done correctly, it's great. It's like we talked about, yeah. Like, yeah, can be overdone. But, you know, you think about like American Woman. The 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 thing you remember about Lenny Kravitz's American version of American Woman is at the end where he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you remember that, and that's really well done. And but it, but it could have been really cheesy. You know what I mean? Or you know, like I said, James Hetfield's yeah, where it's that just quick guttural yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he does it like, or he does that guitar solo as it goes, ay, 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 ay. and uh, just noises can be effective if you do them correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I I hear you on the O's, but I like the O's. I do too. I'm a sucker for him. <laughs> There's not much I'm, I don't think I'm not a sucker for, actually, when it comes to well, music. Yeah, if it's done well, sure. Yeah. And, like, you can, I feel like you and I both can, like, feel sincerity in music. Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing something sincerely, it doesn't seem cheap. So, yeah, on that point, to go on a little bit of a tangent here, that's why I don't like Michael Buble because he's doing, he's imitating the sincerity of the rat pack. You can, you can tell like he hasn't lived the life of like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. Like he, there's just a fake sincerity in his voice. And that really doesn't ring true to me. That's why I don't like bands like Nickelback and stuff like that. Like it's not necessarily bad musically, but I can just tell there's not, there's no soul in it. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing with Michael Buble. So when you hear an album like this, 
where it's got so much of Caleb's soul. And you can tell these arrangements of these songs really meant a lot to him. And he really, really put a lot of effort into this. It, it stands out. It doesn't necessarily like the notes on a page aren't going to stand out. It's the, um, delivery of those notes. It's like you can play, you can look at a sheet music and you can play it note for note. But if you, you know, if you do a little intricacy or you draw a note out or you play it a little heavier, that's it's, there's a different soul to music and there's uh, true musicians can bring it out. Mm-hmm. So the last one, clever, clever, um, clever girl. I'm not going to go off on a tangent. I'm just going to read my notes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Cause I'm interested in what you have to say. Um, Fuck, the song is gut-wrenching. Yeah. Um, I love that it's the last one because it's just like the the pinnacle of um, the journey we've been going on for four songs now. Um, if there's no other song to listen to on this EP, I would say this one is it. Just because all the emotion and everything that goes into it. I didn't pay much attention to the lyrics uh, when it was on Disease because it didn't. It wasn't slow. It was just like a, a regular song. And I think it is the last song on Disease. Um, but when it's all stripped away and you realize what he's saying with the song, uh, it, it crushes me. Uh, it just takes away all the cleverness and the lyric writing. You know, he's not putting in these metaphors to, to like really strike home. He's being very straightforward and, you know, I just wrote goddamn because it's, it's really cool to, for someone to be that vulnerable and be able to show their vulnerability and it belongs in the emo hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely (laughs) does. Um, and then if you guys watch the video, like the way he rips his earpiece out at the very end and like, he's just like, you can tell he's like fighting tears yeah. and walks out fucking it crushed. Me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no. Um, my first note on this is I could hear Jeff Buckley singing this, this, this specific reprisal of this song. It, it, it's got that kind of haunting heaviness to it that Jeff Buckley had on grace and, I could definitely see him rework, like taking this reprisal and kind of putting in his own spin on it and really making it a cool Jeff Buckley track, which to me, for me, is a high, high praise. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you listen to that episode, you know he's one of my favorite artists of all time. So, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I wrote, I wrote it's got a cool haunting vibe, but I don't think cool is the right word for this song. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I, it's got a cool haunting vibe about a pretty somber topic. Uh, and I think the lyrical content here is more important for the first time than the musical content. It the, the, for this the tone of the lyrics don't over aren't overshadowed by the tone of this the music in this. And I'm doing these hand signals that you guys can't <laughs> see, but it makes sense. It you, made sense. It's like to it's me. like tectonic plates. <laughs> you just imagine that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a really really good message because again, if you haven't been through depression, you might not know what it looks like, and it comes in a lot of different faces. And, he, and this song addresses that. He's like, look, I, I say these clever and witty things to cover up my depression. It doesn't mean that I'm not going through it. Like if I stripped away all this cleverness, you would see how how torn up I am inside. And I think that's so powerful because people will say like, oh, well, he was so happy. Why did he kill himself? And it's like you, happiness doesn't mean you're not depressed. Or laughing because you're laughing doesn't mean you're not depressed. You know, Or just because you can everything seems right in the world doesn't mean you're not depressed. Like I've been there. Like I've had to go and be functional at a job and, you know, say hello to people and be friendly. And, but I, you know, when I get home, I'm like, I'm a wreck. Like I'm just so beaten down and so depressed. And 
So it's important for, I think, people to know, especially people that haven't been through it, to know that there's many faces faces of depression. And I, I really, really enjoy the fact, the way that he handles it in this, like you said, kind of stripping away any cleverness um, in the lyrics to kind of, again, that in and of itself, in, in and of its, that act is a metaphor for, I'm stripping away the cleverness of my lyrics. So you can see if I strip away the, my, my own personal cleverness, you can see how like dark this is. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy that. I, I think, again, I talked about clever writing multiple times on this podcast now, and I think that's a really – it's clever writing by not being clever. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and just being straightforward. And, like, some of the stuff he says, you know, I feel like my passing is only going to benefit my friends. Like, yeah. That's just shit that you wouldn't say out loud most of the time, and just, like, putting it out there yeah. is pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, it's 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 – and I wrote, it's the only track that has an overwhelming sadness to it. And the other ones have at least a little bit of a, like a little bit of hope or light at the end of the tunnel. This one doesn't really, it never really goes into that quote unquote major chord space. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really is more in that kind of quote unquote minor chord where it's very sad and very moody and somber. And it, it said it starts low and it kind of hangs there. Like mm-hmm. this song, like you can feel like the dragging of like depressed feet. Uh, in this song. Yeah. It, it, it has a, a very high emotional weight to it. And I appreciate that. Like I said, I, you know, both as somebody that's been through it and also somebody that enjoys the darker things in life. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, you know, I wrote a blog about this a long time ago of, of songs in a minor, minor key versus songs in a major key. And, you know, you know what you're getting with a song in a major key. It's bouncy. It's light. But there's so many, there's such a wider range of emotions with songs that are in a minor key. And that's why I think those are the ones that endure longer, specifically in like mm-hmm. classical music, you know, things that are in a minor, I mean, you get your major, major keys, but a lot of the minor key stuff is way more interesting to dissect and get kind of, kind of get into. Um, yeah. And, and my last note on that is it, it lets the listener know that depression never really goes away, even if all seems fine. You know, it's always there. It's something that never goes away. Like I've, like I said, I've struggled with it before and I'm, I've been really good for a long time, but you know, it creeps up here and there in little yeah. places. So, you know, it's just, it's hard to deal with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's cathartic to yeah. hear music like this. Yeah. It's a great word. It is something that brings comfort when you, you don't want to listen to happy music when you're down. You want to listen to, to music that makes you feel like it's okay to feel the way that you are. And I, th- I think this is an EP that I circle back to a lot when I am like just not in a great spot. Mm-hmm. And it does provide like a light at the end of the tunnel. Even, you know, the last track clever that is seems hopeless. It's like, okay, well the, the EP's over and I'm still here. So I'll yeah, be all right. it's good to know that you're not alone too. Mm-hmm. It's good to know that there's other people out there in the world. Cause that's one of the prevailing feelings in a lot of people that are depressed is just that overwhelming feeling of loneliness mm-hmm. or that I, you know, there's nobody else that knows how I feel, but yeah, there is, you just got to talk about it. And it's not something that a lot of people want to talk about. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, I'll get into my final thoughts and we can get into yours. Sound okay? Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, so it's a great emotional EP, and I just really like the slow down change of pace. It's not something you would expect from Beartooth, and I love it for that. It was just like, I'm going to keep this in my pocket forever. It's a little little trinket I got, you know? <laughs> um, just like the twangy sounds mm-hmm. and like, there's just, I don't really actively seek out country music or like twangy music. So. But I do enjoy it. So it was just like for a band like that to show me something and show a little bit different version of their their vulnerability was really cool. 
And I'm always going to be a big fan of Caleb just because he is someone that like unabashedly himself and like he doesn't shy away from from telling you how sad he is. Yeah, I mean, that can also be kind of annoying if it's not done correctly. Like, suck it up, buttercup, kind of eventually. But, you know, I think he does it in a way where it's it's not complaining. It's just like, hey, this is what I'm going through, and I think people should know about it. It's not like, woe is me. Yeah. So I think that that works. Um, I wrote that this this is exactly what a session album should sound like. Which, like I said, the word session in an album title is evocative. There's a certain expectation musically when you see that in an album title and this this fills it perfectly mm-hmm. uh, it's you know, it strips away the the facade of a rock band and forces the emotions onto the listener it really like kind of we talked about that with one of Avicii's songs last last week where it's like you'll you'll get what what you want but you're gonna you're gonna sit down and listen to what i have to say first but this this album is just i've given you what you want now you're gonna sit down and listen to what i have to say mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I love that. I think I think every artist has the right to do that. Uh, you know, this this isn't this didn't feel like an album for the fans. This felt like an album for Caleb, and I think that comes across. And you can appreciate it if you want. If you don't, fuck you. I think that's I think that's a cool place to be in as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of a lot of artists struggle with that. Always want to produce that next hit, and they they start to lose that soul we were just talking about, and it, it that's when the term sellout really has its its darkest meaning. Where it's like it's not necessarily that these guys don't want to make music that they they like and they feel emotionally connected to. It's just that they feel like they can't, and I think that's sad because it's it's I don't know. I, I, if you're talented enough to know music and to know musical theory, like you have ideas and you have emotions that you want to put in this music, but the fear of producing another hit doesn't allow you to do that. I think mm-hmm. that's sad. So, yeah. And I think it kind of goes back to what we said with that Avicii quote last week. We're like, you know, if you, if people really are fans of me, they'll follow me wherever I go. Exactly. So that's why I think I enjoy this so much just because it was just you grabbing onto his coattail and kind of having faith that he was going to lead you to the right place. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wrote my final thought on this is this album feels like artistic vision purified, which is kind of what I was trying to touch on. Where mm-hmm. he stripped away all of the need for profit, all the need for radio play, all of the need to, you know, please a studio executive. This is this was an album by Caleb for Caleb, and again, it, it was his artistic vision. I, I really respect that from artists, you know. Is this an album I'm going to come back to again? Uh, maybe. I, yeah, I liked it. It's, again, I like Session Out. I like the way they sound. Um, but even so, like I, I have just the utmost respect for an artist you know, that is ascending to do something that is pretty risky. I mean, it doesn't sound like making music that you love is risky, but once you hit a certain point and people know what you sound like as a band, that's risky as mm-hmm. fuck. I mean, I just talked about it with... Uh, Mumford and Sons like they had an established sound and their third studio album I hated because it didn't sound like Mumford and Sons anymore so it's a huge risk mm-hmm. and you know that if that's what they wanted to do that's fine that they are allowed to do it I'm just not one of those guys that's willing to go along on that journey with them and, and you know it, it, I appreciate the balls is what I'm trying to say yeah take some cojones yeah definitely well I appreciate you uh, humoring me I always say humor, but it's yeah, not you don't the right you, word. you don't humor. I'm not humoring <laughs> you. Like I, <laughs> we both decided to do this podcast, and yeah. 
I think it's cool that we were introduced again. I don't think we've had an album introduced to somebody that they haven't they've heard all the way. Like you heard some of you've heard some of that Avicii stuff before, just because you couldn't in mm-hmm. that summer not hear Avicii. But really, I think it's cool that we've done this. This is probably like our eighth or ninth episode, and mm-hmm. we operate in similar realms of music, but we don't have a whole lot of overlap as far as what we listen to. So it's interesting to me. I, I can't. I, I can want to see how long it goes. <laughs> Until, well, I just think it's funny that we have such similar things that we like about music, mm-hmm. and it's just never. There's not a lot of overlap. Yeah, there's really not, and it's 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 interesting. So. You, you, I'm not humoring you. I'm I'm incredibly interested to learn more about a good friend of mine and his musical tastes because musical tastes are incredibly personal. So. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, this was this was a good one. I'm excited to uh, for us to release this one in Julian the Julian Kaler 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 Julian Kaler episodes together. Package them up and uh, get them for free. For free, you ain't got to pay shit for these. Yeah. You're welcome. Me yeah, and- you're welcome. This is our uh, our. Cyber Monday special. Yeah, and you know, like I said, we, you know, me. It's not just the we don't sit down and just start talking. We do research. We <laughs> we spend hours listening to these albums. We mm-hmm. spend you know an, another hour or two doing notes on these albums. So you know what? You got complaints? Shove them up your ass, <laughs> <laughs> or sit them to off the beaten club at gmail.com. <laughs> That's right. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, guys. Um, I'm thankful for you guys, and yeah, we'll see you hopefully next week. Next week. All right.